there are some instances of light swearing and the odd adult theme that creeps into today's episode. If this is something outside of your comfort zone, turn off your device now. Well, a really warm welcome back to each and every one of you to the Beyond Canal Park podcast. A real treat in store for you all today, as if it was needed after that spectacle that was the World Cup final. Messi finally getting his hands on the World Cup trophy to surely now cement his position as the greatest footballer of all time. Incredible stuff. Thank you for taking the time to join me today, and as always, do feel free to message me with questions for the show future guest suggestions or just with some feedback, you can contact the podcast through the Facebook, Twitter or Instagram pages. Just search for Beyond Canal Park Podcast and it'll pop up there. Similarly, if you're a newbie to this pod, then don't be shy. Get on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and take a delve back into the back catalogue of episodes where there really is something for everyone. Okay, so moving on to the main event, this week's guest. I have in the hot seat today the current Austria-Vienna assistant manager, Mark McCormack. Mark talks to me about his time at Livingston, learning from the likes of John Robertson and Jim Leishman, his spell at Ross County, and his travels across the world to stay involved in the beautiful game. That took him to three continents. Mark lets us in on his job at Austria-Vienna, and he also names the best 11 that he played with. A really interesting and varied career to talk about, and here's what he had to say. Well, it may have been organised at the very last minute, but I have a very special episode of the Beyond Canal Park podcast for you today. I'm joined by a man who started his career as a young boy at Livingston before moving on to the Highlands and signing for Ross County. A final season in the Scottish Leagues with Berwick Rangers followed before his foreign odyssey began, which led him to being involved in the beautiful game across three continents, in the USA, Australia and Austria, via a spell at Sunderland. Now assistant manager at Austria-Vienna, Mr Mark McCormack is with me today to talk through this interesting and varied career in football. Mark, how are you doing this evening? Um, good, James, thanks a lot, thanks for the invitation. Um, I've actually just got into Vienna. Um, Missed the, the semi-final, lost my bags, yeah. so uh, I've been a stressful day. Okay, well, do you want to know the score or have you found it already? <laughs> I just found it, I just checked right. it just before we came on, so uh, yeah, disappointed to miss it, but uh, looking forward to the final. Great, uh, it should be a good final, it's a final that I'd be wanted, isn't it, France-Argentina? Yeah, I think it's uh, probably two best players in the world right now, so right. a bit of history, see France can repeat as well, and then obviously you want... Messi cement his legacy so it should be interesting great great well it should be a great one I should, should also say thanks to, to Mr Dara McAllister for once again setting me up with his black book of contacts uh, at the last minute so I, I appreciate your time tonight no problem at all no problem I, uh, Daz is top man so uh, uh, he's he's been a good friend of mine I've been lucky enough to have him great well uh, for the last 20 years so he's yes. uh, and we'll hear about some interesting times in America later, but uh, I'd like, uh, I was like my guest to just take me back to where the love of football began for them, who the early influences were and, and how they, they fell in love with, with football. Oh, it's family, um, dad, uncles, grandfathers, um, like, I think before I could 
think before I could walk, I was able to name a Celtic 11 uh-huh. back in those days. Um, it was just rammed down your throat. You were well, obviously coming to Western Scotland, you were either green or blue, and um, my family were all Celtic fans, so it was just for kicking rolled up socks about the house, say, <laughs> yeah, getting out in the back garden and that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember smashing a window from the inside of the living room as well when I was like five, just playing me a ball. So it was just, yeah. You know, there was back in those days, uh, same as Scotland, didn't it? You just you, you grow up and you play football. That's it. That's it. And who were the idols on the pitch growing up? Who were you trying to be? Uh, Paul McStay. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul McStay. So he was um, obviously born and bred Celtic legend, not far away from where I grew up. And, you know, great history in his family have been. Uh, Celtic greats and, and he was the one that everybody wanted to be um, and I actually got to meet him weirdly enough uh, in Australia okay, he lives out there now doesn't he I became friends and he's just a fantastic human being he's, he's really the most humble sincere person you've ever met in your life mm-hmm. uh, how he's managed to keep his feet on the ground after having accomplished uh, <laughs> it's, it's, he's, he's been fantastic Amazing, amazing. And uh, am I right? Before you, you turned pro, you were playing in the East of Scotland League as a as a young guy. I would get uh, get yep. farmed up, Aye. and that was a classic back then. Um, mm-hmm. At Livingston, um, we got farmed out um, just to toughen you up, you know. And that was uh, that was interesting, as I say. So me being a Celtic fan, I get lo- I get loaned out to um, Hart Hill Royal. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a staunch Rangers uh-huh. club, but, but they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, they were brilliant. Uh-huh. Treated my dad really well and stuff. He loved it. Um, I was only there for a short time, but it was um, yeah, it was a bit an eye opener playing against some hardened men. But yeah, back, well, that would be the equivalent of the Highland League back there, wouldn't it? In the south, uh-huh. uh, so you, you, yeah. you grow up uh, fast in that one if you're going to survive. Ah, you just you learn to you learn to pass and jump. Um, that's one of that's one of the ones. Either that, or you you get really switched on to when you see somebody coming and you know that they're hardy. You're like, I think if I, if I was playing as a winger, I think I'll play on the other side today. Uh-huh. <laughs> when did the when did the early Livingston interest begin in you? And was that your lo- kind of local club almost? Um, that was a wee bit away. No, it was. It was more. That was more East Coast, and I was. I'm from from Bushwick, so okay, it was about yeah. forty five minutes away mm-hmm. or something. So there was um, but interest. I trained with Dundee for a bit. They had a training um, through in, in Glasgow that I used to go through, mm-hmm. and nothing really happened with it. And I'd, um, it was through a friend actually who who played in the high school football team. They'd been scouted at Livingston, and, and he went up, and then they, they must have come down to watch him, and then they asked me up, and they just. They just went for there. Right. How old were you when you, you signed there? Um, I left school when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and just went straight in as a kind of YTS. But um, it was funny because <laughs> I've always had kind of major things happen to me that have been involved in like the North of Scotland and the Highlands and stuff. So mm-hmm. we played a, an under-18 game for Livingston. Um, like the, the Scottish Cup, you know, the, uh, yeah. the old Scottish under-18s Cup. And we played Aberdeen, and um, they beat us twelve one. <laughs> they beat us twelve one, right. and I'll never forget it because we we had a we had a fifer. Um, I forget his name. It was the centre half. <laughs> we were travelling up, and he was eating a fry up in the back of the bus. <laughs> we, get, we get pummeled twelve one, and then on the Monday, the chief scout phoned me and said, "Look, don't worry, um, we're going to keep you on, but 
the rest of them were getting shot at him. And they did that to get shot at the youth. Okay, aye. And uh, I, I kind of just went in and, and um, went on as a YTS. I was the only one, really. Only one did all the it. jobs and, and uh, trained by the first team. Um, but then trained by the, like, uh, the Rezies and that as well. So. <laughs> was that always a dream for you? Uh, were you looking to leave school and be a, a pro? Was that was that always the dream? That's, that's, there was nothing else for me. Nah. That was it. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever, all I ever wanted to do was be a professional footballer. Um, it was the only thing that um, focused me and engaged me and I just always had the ball like you know everybody was the same I think like your mum sends you to the shop then you take the ball so she might be sitting waiting in her tatties but you take half an hour because you're trying to break your QPLP record <laughs> um, and you're smashing balls off garages and fences and that kind of stuff and playing around park cars and in bus routes and all that just a normal upbringing for somebody in my age so yeah. um I'd never ever want to be anything else other than a footballer. So was that detrimental to your to your schooling? Because the the guys that I've spoke to that, that know you in the game have, have described you as a very intelligent guy. <laughs> uh, I was clever enough just to get by with it. Really applying myself in school, Aye. you know, and I applied myself to the things that that interested me. Yeah. So I'd always kind of liked English and stories and stuff like that, you know, and I, I was terrible at maths. Um, <laughs> so kind of geography, English, and, and classic PE and stuff. So um yep. done enough just to get by. Right. Well, that's such a great storyteller, so we'll, we'll look forward to some of them after a bit. No pressure, eh? Who was Gaffer when you first went to Livingston? Leishman wouldn't have been there quite yet, would he? Aye, aye. Oh, he was there, aye. 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 Um, I it was I was in I was in the stands actually I wasn't in the first team squad yet mm-hmm. but I was in the stand the day Livingston blew the lead um, it's what started the whole Livingston and Burness rivalry thing yep. Livingston the last day Livingston never went up um, and uh, and Inverness went up and I think that's where the rivalry started uh, I was at that game um, I think I was I think I was were you? Yeah, uh, we used Wait, to follow him, Vanessa, um, a bit when I was younger. Right. Well, it was actually one of the best days of my life because me and another guy that was in the squad, it was the day Celtic uh, won the league when Larson and Bratback scored oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for the first title. So I got the train for Livingston <laughs> back to Cleland <laughs> and I got off the train at Cleland and I came over and brow the hill and there was about 400 people that doing a huddle in the middle of the street. <laughs> and it was just, people were just partying everywhere. Uh, so yeah. I was in me. I just, I totally, for me it was like, yeah, that was that had more importance. Horrendous when you think back on it now, but it was, um, <laughs> that was where my, uh, the, the priorities were lying for me there uh-huh, at that time. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Leash was Leash was um, Leash was there, and um, the unique character. Leash was a. Ah, he was, he was absolutely unique, you know, and he was because the Lord leads in that everybody knew him and and, mm. and you saw him and stuff. But I think he, um, you know, see the whole public persona that ended up going around him. I think it kind of did him a wee bit of yeah, disservice because okay. he was as a motivator and stuff, and you know, he was very good. Too. He knew how he how to get guys going and, and, and you get people ticking mm-hmm. um, and you know that I'm coaching myself and I can see that there's a lot of value in that and it's not just about the X's nose and it's about getting things ticking over and stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and he did well and um, he, gave, he gave me a chance you know um, yeah. but he was I, 
one of my most embarrassing memories is Wheelish and um, I think it must have been ended up next season because I was getting young player of the year at Livingston uh-huh. and don't, don't take anyone that's probably because I was the only young player <laughs> well, I? so I don't know <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't think there's much merit in it but I remember um, being up there and it was the end of the season thing and I had a few beers and stuff and Leisha said to me like watch yourself with a drink <laughs> and I've said to him I've only had six pints <laughs> now, and I think about that now and I'm like oh my god that's just so embarrassing that's just like stereotypical Scottish football stuff uh-huh. you know like me being raging at him my manager went up with six pints and I don't even know if I was legally used to drink at the time Golly. but you obviously had a memorable debut with the club uh, what are your memories of that? Hi. Aye, that was um, that was a highlight of my career. I was done and dusted <laughs> after 40, 47 seconds. That was as good as it got. It was all downhill for there. <laughs> uh, we played Stirling Albion, and um, I remember kick-off, went back, left back, pumped it forwards, centre-half's head, that kind of thing. It just broke to me edge of the box, and I've just hit it, and it's went in off the post. I was like, this football game's a piece of piss. It was like, super easy. And I scored my debut after 47 seconds or something. Amazing. And, um, <laughs> I thought my head was going to explode because I remember John Robertson running at me and telling me to calm down and take a breath and I'm like, talking about calm down I'm going back to centre I'm going to score again but yeah who <laughs> oh, yeah. were the standouts that you were, you were training and playing with there because there, there were some sort of John, obviously John Robertson had a great career at the very top Aye. of the game there was like Sir David Bingham wasn't mm-hmm. there that was scoring a lot of goals back mm-hmm. then yep Aye, they were definitely the, the two standouts mm-hmm. um, I mean Robbo if I remember correctly, Robbo scored in more go- uh, more games than McCoyst, but McCoy scored more twos and threes. Aye, okay. um, uh, and Robbo's art as a goal scorer was incredible, you know, mm. and he was really, really good for me. Um, good with the young boy, or yeah. young boy as it was. Um, <laughs> aye, aye. No, aye, he was always, I think he had a soft spot for me, um, okay. and he was really he was really good to me, he helped me a lot, gave me a lot of confidence. Um and we played up front together a lot of the time and mm. you know for me that was somebody that I used to sit and watch Aye. highlights say, and he'd be banging in goals left right and centre and <laughs> I, I was in awe of him and he, and he never you know he, he was never like nose up in the air or anything no. like that or he was always like super down to earth um, and he uh, he, he made a, he had a massive impact in my career okay. um, in and around the box he was just phenomenal. I used to look at him and try and copy what he was doing and training back, and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I used to call. We used to call him the Molehill because like anything that was going goal, a wee toe would come out and it'd be a goal. And you'd just see him running away and he's celebrating. And I, I never understood how he done it. And he's obviously he perfected that art over years. And Aye. he was he was just a fantastic finisher, goal scorer. Been in the right time. Aye, that was his, that was that was what he, what he was very very good at. And Bingy was um, Bingy was different. Bingy dropped straight for the Premier League to the second division um, and his quality was just he was best player by miles second division um, and he was Billy was uh, Bingy was a, a really intelligent footballer but mm. he was good in the air the great left foot um, he could score all types of goals um, he could play like killer passes and he was just a, he was a really good footballer oh, yeah. Is that, was that a bit early for like some Marvin Andrews and and that, that came into the club later on. We, Marv uh, <laughs> played a role on the end of me at, um, at oh. Livingston. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was funny, but it was just it's a, it was uh, 
it was uh, an example of the way the club were going. We played um, Wraith Rovers at the time in the first division and they were a, a direct contender for who was going to go up at the time. Uh, and we played them and I was on the bench and they beat us 4-0 at, um, at Livingston. <laughs> and in the, mon- in the Monday, we went into training and Marvin, um, Stevie Tosh and Alex Burns, which was Wraith's centre-half, centre-midfielder and striker, were in our changing room. We signed them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was my last involvement with Livingston, but it was it was a it was a kind of statement of intent because obviously Dominic Keane and those guys had came in, yeah. and they were just they were hell bent on getting to the Premier League. You did win a title in your time at Livingston, though, didn't you? Yeah, we won the second division um, again. Battle with Inverness the whole year, and I played my role. Um, we were 4-0 up in the, the penultimate game of the season at home to Inverness and I came on at half time and it ended up 4-3 so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, it was a, it was we had some very good games in that year but again that was I think our squad um, that we had at the time the reliance on the individuals mm. we had like Scott Crabb come in for Hearts Bingham oh. came in Robertson played um, I think Neil Alexander might have been in goals uh-huh. um um, I'm trying to think of who else was there. Um, Charlie King was there. Um, with some with some good players, and I think yeah, yeah it, was, it was just pretty clear that the club were going up. Yeah, some good celebrations uh, for that league title. Yeah, we uh, again we were at Forfar when we won it. Mm. Um, the next week after the four three, we went up to Forfar. Um, I think it was one 0 two 0 we won. And then it was yeah on the bus karaoke, and then pulled off the bus. At, um, at Livingston <laughs> and then I think we went I think we went to Magaluf I think okay. and it was a tight remember when Stuart McCall fell off the motor aye, been, aye for Bradford aye, it was that, I think it was that year because I think we met all of them and oh. they were there was just tons of them so I think Some Robbo knew Stuart McCall and stuff <laughs> aye, so that was, um, I was I was an adult I think I was 18 I think Police get called the first night. I was in the you know you know the pull out bed underneath. You know, one of them what looks like a big draw, uh-huh. and somebody's chapped the door. And I've just got up, opened the door, and went back into the bed. And then I heard somebody just kind of clearing their throat, and I looked around. There's two Spanish coppers looking at me. Like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so that was an introduction to a ladies uh-huh. with the boys. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, who were the, who were the big characters in the, in the dressing room? There must have been some some funny incidents. Um, uh, you've, you've heard I'm sure people have seen it before Jerry Britton okay, um, Jerry, Jerry's he's one of the funniest men I've ever met in my life also one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life uh-huh. he was um, he was brilliant we used to travel through <laughs> I, I used to get picked up when I was in one of the cars that came through for the west through mm. Livingston and all of them smoked <laughs> except <laughs> for me so the dog there would just be there would be like 40 fags in a glove box with like two bottles of um, CK1 and then like six packs of uh, extra strong mints. Right. So, boy, <laughs> that was, so I don't think I could smell extra strong mints or CK1 for years without having flashbacks of being in that motor. Golly. Yeah. Uh. Uh, there was some, there was some, there was some, some really good boys. Jerry was Aye. always, he was, he was always uh, up for a laugh. Aye, up to summer. And, and we read some good times. Yeah, I always up to something. <laughs> was it at Livingston? You, you told me that, that there was a the big cup shock knocking Aberdeen out. Yeah, yeah, that was um, it was magic. My dad 
still lives up in Aberdeen. Okay, um, yeah, he's yeah. two minutes, he's two minutes away from Pudodri. So I think I don't know how we never got to do in that night because he must have been running about <laughs> telling everybody that his son had Aye. just knocked Aberdeen out of the cup. So that was it. Was really good because when we we went up there and no fear whatsoever, mm. and that would make you sound really arrogant, you know. But we went up there and said we'd like Al McManus had played prem, in the Premiership for Hearts and stuff, played in Scottish Cup finals, Robbo. Um, Jimmy Boyle was there. He played Scottish Cup finals for Airdrie. Oh, and um, he's another brilliant guy. Funny as in. And, and another thing, we you know, when you pull up and you, you know, like, you think you like, like, hostile atmospheres and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were the hostile ones. We were banging the windows, like, with okay. the music on as we pulled up. <laughs> and that was, that was kind of. It was representative of the atmosphere we had in the, in the, the squad at the time. You were the crazy gang of the Scottish leagues, were you? I, I was a bit, I, I don't know if it's a crazy <laughs> gang. It was just, a, we were just like, right, we weren't really backing down or we weren't no. bothered Aye. about it. Aye. We just fancied ourselves. Um, Some great and, experience in, in that team that you, you've reeled off there that, that played at the very top, so there's no need to be here at MD. I would have, that was it. And as I said, I mean, I'm a, I was a young boy, so when you're young, you you just think that's normal and mm-hmm. you're going to go away to Aberdeen you're going to play in front of I don't know 15,000 mm-hmm. and you're going to start and you're going to get on the ball and you're playing against like Derek White and I used to be in the jungle at Celtic watching Derek White uh, yeah. playing and, and then like, I think Ian J I don't know if Ian J was he there he might, he might have been he might have been back but it was just um, there was um, there was just that that confidence within the squad that right if we go up here we can we can give it a go um, and we've done it Aye Quality So uh, you mentioned there about the, the signed a few players in was that, was that time Did you make the decision To move on Or was it made for you No I was I, I wanted to play mm-hmm. um, They didn't want to let me go But I think I was 20 21 mm-hmm. Maybe when I left And you need to be playing every week Yeah um, When you're at that age That's You know That's yeah. you, you see now Like Top young talent, not that I was a top young talent, but like the, you look at Gavi and you look at Pedri and these types of boys, and Aye. you know, if, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And <sighs> Scotland back then wasn't really like that. There wasn't a lot of trust that was placed in young guys, no. um, and also because of the financial situation in the leagues, mm-hmm. the chances for Scottish young boys to play at a higher level was I'm not saying it was non-existent, but it was really tough because yeah. you're talking about that time. Hearts were paying guys nine grand a week. That's right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. back then, so all the talented Scottish guys kind of get shoved down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, but uh, <laughs> 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 no, but it was, um, and I needed to play regularly. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, Ross County came in, mm-hmm. and, and that was it. I was just uh, you know playing the same league. You're going to be. Um, you're going to be starting, so it was, like, it was a no-brainer for me. Aye, that's it. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand why more young players didn't they, they make moves and play out. You're going to develop more playing every week, surely, than, than playing under twenty-one yeah. football. Yeah, but it's um, I mean, <clears throat> it's a it's a problem that you see right across the game now mm-hmm. because people's reputations are obviously what make them money. Yeah. So there's, a, there's an element of risk involved. If you go to a, a level where you don't shine, mm-hmm. then that can affect your element. Um, you see it a lot with boys that are in like Premier League 2 teams, yes. number 23s down south, and 
they're getting paid just silly money and they're content just to sit That's it. rather than you know go and take a loan move where they yeah. they have to go and get out of their comfort zone themselves happy just it. to sit there, yep. happy just to sit there and you know then you can always say no nah, I never got a chance uh, yeah. so who was uh, the guy for it lured you Ding well, it was a, a fair way to go it was Ty Aye, Neil Cooper um, got me up and he was um, <clears throat> he was uh, for me he was it was funny because he's just such a nice guy you know like mm-hmm. he's one of if you were going out for a pint you'd phone right away okay. um, <laughs> you know he, would, he was like he used to rack on tour and he used to tell uh, stories and you know he, he just infectious you know his enthusiasm and that um, I, I think that I think it counted against him mm-hmm. in the end uh, as well um, I think he was maybe a bit sensitive. Um, Aye, okay. To, he just wanted to do well so much, you know, and I think he wanted for the people he worked with to do well, you know, mm-hmm. that he just that he cared that much that it, that, that it was tough for him when things weren't going well. Aye, yeah. um, um, so I actually wrote to him um, before he died and mm-hmm. I sent him an email just apologising for my, <laughs> my behaviour when I had him. <laughs> Uh, and he responded so it was really okay. nice because when I, I reflected back on, on my time up there and um, I wasn't mature enough to move away there and, okay. and uh, I didn't help him or I didn't really help the club in the way that I should have uh, and okay. say being, a, being a, a coach now I see that and so I kind of just reached out to him mm-hmm. and just said look sorry it went the way it went I know you're trying to help me and I really appreciate it and and, and he got back and he's like, nah, no worries, hope everything's fine. So, so I, I was really glad I did that because um, yeah, he was a nice man. Yeah. It sounds <coughs> like the way you're speaking there that the spell didn't really go to plan. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, he couldn't talk to me back then. I was, yeah, I think yeah. about it now, I was, I was classic, you know, like more confidence than Hitler, you know what I mean? Okay. Like he couldn't yeah. tell me anything. Um, and moving away from home, um, and moving up the Highlands, mm-hmm. culture shock. You know, I'm, I was used to, you know, being around family, being in Glasgow, yeah. going out, seeing friends and stuff. And then I go up to Ross County and I had Dingwall. And <laughs> the day that I, the day that I signed, I took a walk through Dingwall. <laughs> it wouldn't have been long. The small is it? Exactly <laughs> right. So I'm like. And I had hair at this point, so I've got a haircut. <laughs> so I goes in and this old dude, and he's cut the hair and the glasses, then the sweep him up, you know, around yeah. the store. And he hears the accent, she's like, Oh, yeah, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Glasgow. And she's like, oh, Do you know John? I said, No, I've just moved to the village, I don't know anyone. She's like, No, John, from Glasgow, he's got a brother, Willie. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, where am I here? <laughs> so um, that was a bit of a culture shock. But, oh, I mean, I but we, you know, we were in a in the first year when I was up there, we were in um, we were in digs, hmm. and there was a lot of the guys that were in digs that just they just wanted to go home all the time. Okay, you know, yeah, they yeah. just wanted to get up, train, and then if the game was down the road at the weekend, they wanted to get away, yeah. and that. And I was the same, I just fell in with that group. Okay. And there was other guys later um, that had kind of settled in the area, you know, like Ian Maxwell and that, those boys, mm. they'd, they'd kind of settled and um, they were trying to take the club in the right direction, in a professional yeah. way and do things properly. And, you know, 
everything's fine when you're playing and mm-hmm. but then when you're not playing it's like I wasn't mature enough to you know I deal with it the right like, way mm-hmm. deal with it the correct way yeah. and, and sit and knuckle down and that kind of stuff so um, it was um, it was a shame because uh, I loved the club and mm-hmm. um, I liked the people but uh, I just wasn't in the correct frame of mind for it. Uh, get you, get you. Am I right that you mm. cross paths with Banff Academy alumni Brian Dougal de Glonsky? Yes. <laughs> so was, that wouldn't um, have helped to the settling down. Nah, D- Dougal was good because Dougal, Dougal was always with um, Matt Cannon. Aye, they were all big pals. The two were big pals. Aye. Aye. And obviously Kanzo being for Glasgow mm-hmm. and they were, I mean, actually like that time it, the talent that was in the reserves because you had yeah. chipped Don Cowie was there, Chipper was there, oh, Sid, Sid um, was right. just coming Steve through, McKay. Steve Mackay, mm-hmm. yep. um, Sean Webb was coming through, okay. um, so that's a right good, good crop there, eh? mm-hmm. yeah, to come through, um, and and Dougal was involved in that group, but like culture shock, I came in from Lansing, right, so we, you get guys that like, always played in Newcastle and stuff, and mm-hmm. You know, guys who play Premier League and I come up my first day of training and I walk in the changing room at Dinwall and one of the boys is sitting with a coffee and a fag in the changing room <laughs> and I'm just like oh, alright okay on, yeah. <laughs> so uh, learning curve right. um, so I Dougal's a top man Dougal was um, he, he was a good lad he was always with, um, always up for a laugh every day he was, he was always in East foot, right in East football yeah. um, was, you know even in the next day, you, know, you see the Champions League, you see this, you see that, and he was he was always right into it. And uh, Ross County's loss was was Devon Vale, my my home club's gain as he uh, yes. obviously led them to yes. a couple of titles, so it was it worked out well for Devon Vale. <laughs> de- definitely, uh-huh. um, definitely, and as I said, even then, like because Dougal when he was there. It was decent centre half there, you know. Ian Maxwell Aye. was at Ross County. You know, Brian Irwin was there. Still there wasn't um, he? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's guys. Mark Brian Irwin was there. Mark Perry came in. So okay, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you'd, like, Hugh Robertson and stuff like that. So you'd really good role models. Yeah. Uh, and then like uh, Stephen Ferguson, Kenny Gilbert, those right. types of guys. I was going to mention yeah, Kenny Gilbert. They're another guy who played for Devon Vale, but uh, everyone said he was just a just a born winner. And uh, training, training I, I, I was interesting Kenny. against him. <laughs> I love Kenny. Aye. See, um, Kenny and Fergie were fantastic because you see me talk about, you know, everybody goes on about Roy Keane and standards, mm-hmm. make, you know, keeping standards and stuff. That was yeah. Kenny every day. Like, didn't he accept? Didn't he accept any uh, any bullshit for anybody? Um, he made sure that there was a tempo training. He was flying into tackles. Same with Fergie. Yeah. And that and that wasn't just because he was running about trying to bully people. It was just because that was his attitude, and he was a professional. And you know, it came through because uh, yeah. I, I don't, he, he's been some good results with that Ross County team. I think they might have finished third. I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there was a few boys that it kind of trickled. Nicky Walker was there. Oh. Um, they, Nicky nearly killed me in my first training session. Right. Uh, I honest to God he nearly killed me we um, we went and trained somewhere I could not tell you where it was um, some public park or something because it was um, it was the one that was 
it wasn't um, covered nice. <laughs> and, and Nicky took a warm up, right? Okay. And I'm no joking. I put a distress flare up after about thirty minutes because it was like <laughs> touch line, like six yard box back, penalty spot back, eighteen yard box back, like halfway <laughs> line. Like you know one of those ones. Aye. I was done. Aye. Honestly, I was done. I'd been playing like in the league the whole year, blah blah blah, and Nicky's absolutely done me in the first training session. <laughs> Another even great experience though, all the way to international level, I guess. Uh, Nicky was brilliant. Uh, had a lot of time from him. He was really good. Great character. Um, I once marked him in a game in the Murray Welfare League. He played uh, left wing for <laughs> Aberlour Villa. Really? <laughs> he was on the field though. <laughs> but he, he was, he was, we were, one of my funniest things I've ever seen was we were at a wedding one night. I'm trying to, must have been a county player. I don't know. Was it Mark Perry? No. I don't know. We were at a wedding and we were all sitting there. And we'd been there for, I don't know, conversation. The boys were talking about, you know, mortgage and, you know, price of mortgage. And <laughs> paying this. And the conversations went for 10 or 15 minutes. And just pipes in, what's a mortgage? <laughs> the short bread prince <laughs> wouldn't like, have had to pay any mortgage. Like, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I was it's like, just just casual, you like, um, it's a mortgage. That's like, but he was, he was a good mate, Nicky, you know, he wasn't he, he was bad for that. He was just, he, he was funny and the, the levels, the guys that he played with, my God, you're talking like soon as his era. Mm, um, right. Rangers, that's, that's a different level, you know. Aye, quality, quality. If it's mm. a abiding memories of your, your couple of years at Ross County, if, it's, if it really stands out. Positive stuff, we, um, I mean, beat Dundee in a cup, beat Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, Teams not like uh, to go to Dingwall, do they? Nah, took Rangers close in the Scottish Cup, beat 3 2. We were 2 0 down after 12 minutes. Um, Tori Andre Floor scored twice after 12 minutes, and I just think we're only a doing here. And we pulled it back to two each, um, and then Rangers scored 3 mm. 2. And then the same season, we played them again in the other cup, and they yeah. beat us 1 0. Huh. And we missed, a, we missed a penalty in the last minute uh, to take, take it to a replay. Maxi, Ian Maxwell missed a penalty. Um, so so they, were, they were good. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the the Darbys, the Inverness, were always good experiences. Um, uh, good atmosphere and stuff. Um, so there was some positive stuff um, mm-hmm. around that. Um, funny one, <laughs> we, um, one of this is this stands out is we were playing a, we were playing a training game, um, at the, at the, the pitches behind the stadium, yeah. and um, <laughs> the boy I was playing, so I don't know, my, I don't know if I've been playing at the weekend or whatever, but anyway, somehow I was raging for whatever reason, <laughs> and um, the gaffer was playing, he was playing right back in the team against me and I was playing right midfield uh-huh. and uh, there was a boy Martin Press I don't know okay. if you remember him he was an Argentine, Argentinian guy that uh-huh. came played for a, a shot mm. and he was he was playing so I'm, I'm a graduate of the, the Paul Scholes school of tackling right? <laughs> I can't tackle that was never my forte yeah. just could never that was not my thing but anyway 50-50 ball so the twos are coming in let's see uh not to do each other but just protecting <laughs> yourself so he's went in and I've went in so Tatty like he's rolling about in the deck and I've stood up 
and Tati just screams she died like 60 yards away right to the, the assistant manager at the side get him off you know I look around and I'm like oh, what he's like get off I was like what you wouldn't want me to tackle like that on a Saturday he said I wish you would I was like you're a prick and he fucking he ran right and he's a big man right uh-huh. I'm, I'm a wee man he's a big man and he <laughs> ran like 60 metres right right into my face don't you dare no one calls me a prick I was like alright you're a wanker and that was <laughs> <laughs> and that was it he sent me into training I was volleying water bottles everywhere find me two weeks wages I think it was two weeks before Christmas so it was it was water on the cornflakes for Christmas uh-huh. that year but uh, I, I was I apologised to him and that but honestly see when he was running it and I was like oh no uh-huh. here we go he's going to do me so I as I said to you bravery was not mar- bravery was not mar- strong no <laughs> Um, but and then, but as I said, mentally, not I was not. They see when they, they pulled me in. Um, I played. I think it was a Tuesday night. I played, and we played the Airdrie, and I got man in the match, and they pulled me in on a Thursday, and we were off on the Wednesday. And he pulled in and says, "Look, we're going to let you go." Um, it was April, I think it was. He's going to let you go. No renewing your contract. Um, we'll sell off you. You can come and train with the boys and that, but we're not going to extend it. And 45 minutes later, I was in the train at Inverness, and I've never been back. Okay. I was just was I was it? just dying to get down the road. Aye, Aye, I yeah, was just, yeah. you know, you're not playing, you're missing your family, and Aye. yeah, it's not working out, because they were, they needed, they needed better players than me, uh, or players that were, that knew how to do, and mm. what they wanted. And I was probably still in a developmental phase then. Aye, okay. Um, yeah. So it was the opposite side of the country to Berwick after that, was it? In fact, a different country, uh, really. Hi, <laughs> exactly. Um, that just um, that kind of came about. <laughs> An agent shafted me. I was. Um, I've got you a gig down in England. You'll be getting the train down at this time <laughs> on this date, and I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> so it ran into the start of pre start of pre season, and I didn't have a club. Uh-huh. And um, Berwick called me and says we're playing. Um, because I'd been full time my whole life, you know, yeah, and then yeah. moving to part time, and I didn't have any. So I thought, all right, well, there's a part time club, but I'll, I'll go and play and see what they're saying. So mm-hmm. it was a friendly against Cardiff, um, and Cardiff were a championship at the time. Okay. Must have champion championship, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Robert Earnshaw was playing for them. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. that. And the guy Spencer Pryor was sent half. Right, so uh, me and another guy, Alec Burke, were trialists. Mm-hmm. Burke used to play with Kilmarnock striker yeah, yeah. Um, and the two has played quite well so they offered me a contract after the game um, but in the last two minutes I've done my thigh pulled yeah. my thigh come back for that done my thigh again mm-hmm. come back for that and then i done my cruciate yeah. so that was and by that point uh, you know I was working part time and stuff yeah, and yeah. I was like nah uh, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't enjoying football anymore Okay, so was it, I guess the next step was the USA, was it? Was that um, in a pipeline through Berwick that you might go and give that a go? No, it's something I'd always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've always loved the States and, right. and, and grew up with watching NFL and stuff as a kid and, yeah. you know, you're watching stuff on TV and I went out to New York when I was 18. I was out there for three weeks and... Um, met some really cool people from New Jersey and had stayed in touch yes. and one of the guys who was a best friend of mine and became a mentor stayed in touch and he was a college coach and mm. 
he put me in touch with a coach um, in Virginia mm-hmm. um, and it, it just kind of gone from there um, luckily enough my grades were decent enough in school yeah, where yeah, yeah. I didn't need to go and do anything more um, and it was one of those points you know I was I was working I think I was working in the post at the time or, okay. and when I'd done my knee I was working in a, an office as well and by that point I did three knee operations and I was uh, 23 <laughs> and I was like well hopefully I'll reach 35 and when I reach 35 I'm not going to be able to play football anymore so I'm going to need to have a, a career for the next yeah. Yeah, 50 years of my life hopefully <laughs> but it was, it was the best decision I ever did going to the States 100% um, it, it made me grow up it made me knuckle down in certain areas got me um, pretty much everything that I have a day but I ended up I met later on I met my my partner she um, we met in the States as well and okay. met Baz there one of my best mates and so it was 100% the best thing that I've ever done Aye. well uh, that was obviously you mentioned Daz our mutual friend but uh, he says that obviously you lived together you became mates but he says uh, you had a, a nice side to you you looked after when he broke his leg and you kitted him out with new TVs and stereos and everything <laughs> um, my abiding memory of his broken leg is me spinning him around on a, a stage like one of the ninja turtles he like, like he was breakdancing basically and he had like a full cast full cast on his leg so like right up to his hip he did um, ask me ask you about state line after he got out of hospital that was in Stateline. That was the very place <laughs> that I'm talking about and I was just barreling him run and like all these like kind of redneck Americans are just like what <laughs> is going on here because Daz's leg break was murder it was a really uh, bad one uh, um, and he was he was in the car for like I think because he didn't put he didn't, he didn't I don't think he no he never went to hospital because yeah. we were playing about three hours away and Daz was in the uh, he was in the car a uh, guy that played for us whose wife had driven down <laughs> and they drove him back um, and that was that was a nightmare because Daz was flying um, uh, when he yeah. came over. He was, you know, Daz, he's the fittest man in the world and yeah. he was flying. He was in, um, it was a massive, massive loss for our programme that year. Uh, yeah. It, uh, he, he also asked me to ask you about a flip-flop. <laughs> um, this shows you how, this shows you the strength of our friendship. <laughs> we used to have, um, we used to have fancy dress parties in yeah. our house. So there was, I don't know, five or sixes that lived in a, a big old house. You know, right. you see those American films. Yeah, like, right. Exactly like that, right? You just think, that can't happen in real life, but mm-hmm. it does. So we had, um, we had, oh, we, we always just had to take it too far, right? Specifically me had to take it too far. So we, um, <laughs> everybody knew, like, yeah, seven o'clock at night, right? the party's kicking off at our place so like the full school just came to our place because it was like Aye. you know like speakers like blasting music Aye. so we're pre-gaming we've all got our costumes on at 12 o'clock in the afternoon because we're just so excited we're like we're little <laughs> kids right so somebody's come up with the idea do you know the game Power Hour yes right. where mm-hmm. you, you drink a shot of beer every Minute 60 seconds when night. the music changes yeah Aye, so, right. Well, that was obviously too vanilla for us, so we've said, <laughs> right, 
we'll do it with wine. <laughs> so we were drinking a shot of wine every 60 seconds for an hour. So I blacked it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't recall this. But apparently I'd take my flip-flop off and I was just battering Daz on the head with it <laughs> repeatedly. And he said, if you keep doing that, I'm going to knock you out. And he did. Apparently, I just hit him and he's turned around and just sparked me clean up. And the next thing I remember is waking up at like 11 at night with a hangover and coming out of my room and the party was in full swing. So that was... Um, uh-huh. Our friendship survived that. That's, um, I'll survive, that's I'll survive anything, eh? Exactly. <laughs> well, obviously, on the pitch out there, if it was a standard like, and uh, it was obviously an enjoyable time, and it does pitch you do, and he said, and a direct quote, that you were the best player he ever played with by a million miles. <laughs> he said that they uh, called you the from. one out there. That is true. <laughs> I with my build. Um no, I was I was I enjoyed it in the States because there wasn't any like pressure or that and I was playing in a, a different role, more time in the ball and Aye. Scottish football didn't suit me, you know, um, back then Livingston and stuff and it was like four four two, you get stuck in, Aye. you know, you get it forward and my my strengths were, were dribbling and beating people and, and I was never going to score you twenty goals a season but I would smash one in for thirty yards or mm-hmm. every you know Ten games or something, <laughs> but I would, I was, um, I was able to play some decent balls through, and I had a good eye for a pass and stuff, and it kind of suited me because when we scored a twenty-five guys, and there was like twenty countries represented, Aye. you know, and only like two, two of them were American. So we'd, we had guys from like uh, South America and stuff. Aye. We had. Uh, Africans there um, so it was just a, a real melting pot and, and it was good to understand different ways of playing football and, and how different people view football and mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember a Brazilian a Brazilian friend of ours had said to me we were playing that year and we were talking and he's like Mark he said what are you doing and I'm like what do you mean he's like you're number 10 and I was like yeah I know he's like but you're running he's like number 10s don't run because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was still like I was running about and getting, uh, getting stuck in and, and uh, they were like no no no, no you Normally, number 10s, you're the one you just kind of stroll about and, and do stuff, but <laughs> that wasn't the case. Um, but it was it was, it was was really good. Um, yeah. When we, we, we got to the national tournament finals, mm-hmm. Daytona Beach in Florida and stuff, and um, we, um, we had some amazing, amazing experiences that we were just super lucky to have. And there were also the games that got abandoned because too many players got sent off. <laughs> Absolutely, I was still on the field. I never get sent off. That was uh, that was your your friend. That was your friend from uh, Banff. That that's, was, um, that's no surprise it does. He collected uh, red cards, made and Christmas cards. I, that's a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> I think he had. To, I think he had to write a letter of apology to the the dean of the school um, because he'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> um, Aye, it was, um, he was volleying, you know, the water tanks and all that? He was smashing them and volleying them up in the air and stuff. And the best thing is, it's like, for us, it's nothing, but when people curse and swear, right, it's part of the game here. But we're in the middle of, like, a deeply religious Uh southern Christian school, (laughs) and they're thinking these people are, like, Uh, the devil. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
He said she's enjoyed um, being NASCAR volunteers as well. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it's <laughs> honest to God. Like, see me, teeny try to tell people that they're like, no way, but it's the stadium. It's one hundred and sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. The stadium, the stadium holds um, in Bristol Motor Speedway, um, and it is. I mean, one hundred and sixty thousand, right? And basically, what our job was, we get a table, so. And the table had like a, a kind of just a tape measure on it, Aye. so you could it was like bring your own beer to, okay. to the race. Aye. So you would come up, you would come up, and you would put your case on the on the wee table, and if it overlapped to the side, right, you couldn't <laughs> get in because it's meant to go under your seat, so oh, you don't okay. annoy the person next to you. Aye. But we would just be like saying to people, "Oh mate, that's a case of cools. This is a Bud Light sponsored race. I'll tell you what, if you leave six here, I'll let you go." <laughs> so we'd just be. Getting mad with it the whole day, the beers, and then, and, but somebody bought. There's a story about that. Somebody brought the snake. Somebody <laughs> bought a ticket for the snake and brought the snake to the stadium for one hundred sixty thousand. <laughs> I'm just like some poor bastard sitting next so to someone in Murdoch, sitting next to the snake. Yeah, <laughs> I, but it was. I mean, I, I love sport, but that's that's stretching it because everybody, far, well, basically, everybody's just sitting there wanting a crash. <laughs> you know what I mean that's, that's, that's all it is um, but the, the, the magic thing about that is when the, when the race comes to that town like the town triples in size ah, okay. yeah. and like the bars and that are just bonkers you know it's, it's just yeah mayhem golly golly um, so you, you we'll talk about your time in Austria see but I wanted to quickly talk about your time in Australia you obviously jumped continents uh, yep. about, I'm not sure if we're going to do a chronicle Logical order, but I had a, a, yep. I had Jamie Watt on the in the series uh, earlier who said he played for you in Australia, yeah. um, and he yep. said to me that he's never been coached by anyone the way he was coached by you. I don't, I don't know whether that's I think a that was a compliment. It was definitely a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie done brilliant for me, he really, and the best it was, right? I need to put a bit of context in this because this is one of the ones that. I could get canes for here, or Jamie uh-huh. could get canes for. Uh-huh. They have a they have a a trial system in Australia, right? Because yeah. they don't have like at that level, they don't have like rolling contracts. No. So everybody's free at the end of the year. Okay. So I was in my first management job down there at um, Sydney Uni, um, and they play like kind of third league down there, okay. second league, um, and. The trial process was just honestly mate, bananas. Like just <laughs> you, you you go to training one night and you go to take register and there's sixty people at training. Aye. Right? And there's no filtering process. So you could have guys like Jamie, like Aye. you know, top pros, really talented coming in. Guys like me. And they could just be playing <laughs> <laughs> people that just honestly just just thinking, oh, you know, like walk-ons. Aye. Like, oh, I'm at uni and now I'm going to go and try out for the... Yeah. <laughs> so, in the first trial, I was speaking to uh, the, the football director after Jamie's first trial. Uh-huh. He's like, what do you think of him? And I was like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and it got, thank God, he'd said, have another look at him. Uh, and then, yeah. because by that, I think in that night, I think I caught like Terry or something, whatever it was, people. And then the next time I could come back and I could get a decent eye on him. Uh, and obviously you saw his quality uh, there. Jamie was fantastic, like super professional, great footballer, really good character. Magic around the changing room, um, and he's done 
Um, I'm happy that he's getting he's in management now and stuff. Absolutely. And he was a really, really great guy. Really, really great guy. He said he called you Mister Barcelona. Said you, <laughs> Aye, you were ticky tack obsessed. He says you had donkeys playing out for the buck. Aye, I, I honestly <laughs> did. I was like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, he said to me that um, uh, you, you were getting humped, but he says as long as you got one goal playing out for the buck, you were buzzing. That was me, I honestly, because I knew Aye. I knew that that was what I wanted to do, and I Aye. thought if I can get people at this level to do it, I can get people at any level to Aye. do it. Yeah. And everything was with the ball. It was, it was something. It was something that I, a vow I made to myself. Ball and goal. That we're going to do everything with the ball, even when it was running. You know, you can do. You know, Raymond Verheyen does different things where you can run with the ball, and there's different schools of thought, but. Aye. I'm like, if we're only going to train three nights a week, then we're getting the ball, you know. Because yeah. um, yeah. we had a, quite a side, we had a, you talk about Leishman, mm-hmm. we had a, a pre-season at Gullen Sands. Uh-huh. You know, you've heard yep. of that, Jim McLean and that, mm-hmm. used to take photo of you. used to live along and the road through this. Aye. Muscle, um, uh, muscle well, bro. Aye. Oh, they, it uh, was uh, up. Absolute stoking with rain. We all walk up there, <laughs> ten degrees or fifteen degrees or something, right? Warm up. He's got a stick, the assistant, and he's marked out a box like thirty by thirty. And then he started his stopwatch, and it was jog, touch left, touch right, forward roll, backward roll, slide tackle for half an hour, right? Like honestly, <laughs> not at that pace, but you know that classic one when you call it out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then. And then they placed three balls up the the June, one and back, two and back, three and back, and everybody was just honestly suicidal, <laughs> and we're just we're finished, and we're doing a jog along the beach, and you just hear the beep 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 like that. What's that? <laughs> we look around. Leishman's around the corner with our other assistant coach with uh, the boating jackets on. With the champers on a speedboat, they've, come in, they've got they've got a boat. Out. They've come run. We're all there, like you know, looking like donuts covered in wet sand, freezing, being absolutely pumped. And Leash is just sailing by with his champers and his boating jacket on. <laughs> Brilliant. So how how did you end up in Austria then? How did that come? You were uh, playing there to start with, were you? I but I'm, it was it goes back to America because mm. I was um, I was um, I was doing a master's degree at New York University, yeah. um, and I was working in a bar at the time, and um, my now partner of twelve and a half years, her sister came in and just wanted to use the bathroom, but it being the nice people that they did they just want to leave the bar with it. Uh-huh having a drink so they came to the bar and I'd get talking to them and that was it and just got in touch um, with my my partner and we've been together ever since amazing um, so I'd made the decision I'd been in the States for almost seven years and I was looking to do something different wasn't really enjoying the, the, the programme that I was studying mm. um, and I wanted to do something new and she's like yeah I'm Austrian blah 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 and I was like I'll give it a go and just came over here and um, that was that was it yeah what yeah what um, just kind of got a meeting with the head of the academy at Austria Vienna went up and he'd kind of seen my CV and what I'd done and I worked for free for six months Um, just in with with the with the academy and we ended up we won the we won the league under 16 
Um, um, and then I was offered a job the next year with him. Um, just started for there. Worked, worked the way up. Was it a, a good club to, to develop at and good facilities and set up behind the scenes? Yeah. Um, it's, um, well, it's a traditional Austrian club. Um, and it's um, the academy. They just opened a brand new academy maybe about a year before I got there. So two pitches and AstroTurf pitching stuff and indoor, like small indoor facility and stuff. So it was it was really good at the time. Um, obviously, Austrian football, really different from Scottish football. Mm-hmm. A lot more, like, not so much now, but back then there was... Um, Technical emphasis was was um, really clear with the players and stuff that they were they were decent. And when I was there, I was I was coaching and I was playing a bit. And one of the assistant coaches of one of the academy teams had said, "Why don't you play?" And I said, "I've not played in years. I stopped playing when I was I don't know twenty six or something. Uh, no, maybe older. I only played for years. It's just just come and they were a third division team. Aye. And um, he." I ended up signing a contract for a year <laughs> and played in a subdivision in Austria and um, it was good. Uh, he's filling up our, um, our reserve team were in that league at the time. You know, like how okay, yeah. young Ajax, young Ajax uh, yes, and stuff, yes. it's a model that they have in Europe. And I ended up, um, I scored against my own goalkeeper. <laughs> <'Cause he'd> been, <laughs> he, he was 16 or 17 or something at the time. Yeah, I mean, spewed. He pulled up, aye, uh, raging. Never, <laughs> never let him live it down. <laughs> What are, yep. what are the challenges for a, a Scotsman living and, and working in the game abroad? Because Scottish managers have trouble communicating in England, never mind in, in Austria. And yeah, <laughs> um, but it's it's not it's true. But I mean, the first few months when I was in the States, I had to make a conscious decision to try and slow down because uh, I just had yeah. to repeat myself all the time. Yeah. Um, and you understand, you make that point, well, if I don't slow down, then... I'm just going to spend the next four years repeating myself and that's not something that's that I want to do. So, um, in Australia, um, it's not so bad because there's yeah. the, the exposure um, to, obviously, British people and, and Scottish people and stuff. And mm-hmm. Australians, if they don't understand you, they're going to tell you right away. You know, that's quite uh, mm-hmm. forthright. <laughs> um, in Austria, a little bit more... All my coaches done in German and stuff, you know, and, and everybody speaks everybody speaks English here anyway okay. as well. So that was that, that made it really easy to settle in. But you, and people you learnt the, the language there as well. Yep. Aye, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm fluent in German. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, fluent in German. So it has tinges of the Scottish dialect and stuff uh, in it, yeah, which is yeah. it's funny because because I heard that I was we had a partner school. So alongside coaching, I went in and I was helping out as an English assistant. Okay. And I remember one day I was getting the kids to repeat something back to me, and I just heard this massive West of Scotland accent, <laughs> like times thirty, coming back at me uh-huh. for all these Viennese kids. And I was like, okay, um, that'll be interesting if this if this keeps going. So, um, but one of I said one of my old players is now at County, David Chancellor. Okay, um, uh-huh. I, I coached Chancho, um and I taught him as well. Okay. Um, so, so he scored um, last month at Celtic Park. Scored a penalty, didn't he? Oh, that's right. Uh, for, oh. um, he's a fan. 
fantastic, uh, fantastic person. Good footballer as well. He's got really good um, passing range. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to see any of his games for County, so I don't know in detail how he's done. But as a person, fantastic. No, that's excellent, part, excellent guy. You can match ah, Darlene with a, a good guy. personality. It's, it's short in the ground. Yep. So, am I right that yeah. before you became assistant at Austria Vienna, you had a wee break back in England? Uh, you got a job with Sunderland under is it Simon Grayson? Yeah, um, Simon Grayson was in when I arrived. It mm-hmm. was um, basically the Premier League um, started. Um, uh, elite head of coaching mm-hmm. so what the idea is is that every club in, in England has a, a head of coaching so the responsibility is you make the coaches better and okay, aye, aye. that's that's your job so you're developing coaches so aye, you're coaching the coaches my job mm-hmm. aye that, that kind of thing so my job at Sunderland was involved with that and then trying to implement a style of play um, it was a really really interesting job um for me, there was two massive negatives. Uh, I'd say two and a half. <laughs> um, the first one was um, my missus was in Sydney because I yeah. left Sydney to take take the job in Sunderland, aye, aye. and that was just a nightmare. Um, you know, just time difference, only seeing each other every three months. Um, yeah. it, it just it, it isn't something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be apart from her, yeah. um, and it didn't work out that well and you know she came over and like, well, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a go mm-hmm. you know and she she, I think she'd pretty much a job at um, Durham University nailed down uh-huh. but I think, she, I think she lasted about half a day kind of walking around and going nah I can't come for Sydney to come here <laughs> and nah, nah. Uh, and I respect that uh, it's, right. yeah. the second thing was um I like being on the grass um, mm-hmm. and I like developing players and I like, Aye. you know, trying to solve problems and that kind of stuff. And, and as much as I was involved with, um, I learned so much in that year because the, mm. my boss was um, Jimmy Sinclair, who had previously been academy director of Rangers for 12 right. years. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have been technical director for the SFA at some point. I had a, a higher job with SFA. And he was brilliant in terms of leadership and things that I learned from him was fantastic. Um, and the kind of the kind of half thing that went wrong was the club was a basket case. That was the year that they filmed the, <laughs> oh, the, the first Netflix series. Aye, aye. Uh, thankfully, I'm not on it. Oh, I was about um, to say, aye. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people I've, came I've, out of that well. documentary very well. It, honestly, it was. But I had three gaffers that year in the first three. team, mm-hmm. and there was Simon Grayson, then. Um, Chris Coleman came mm, in, nice. and then um, Jack Ross came in at the end. That's right. Um, but brilliant experience, like even Aye. like you know traveling, traveling away to Man City and stuff, and playing. And brilliant. when I was there, the under twelves were Premier League champions. Beat Chelsea in the final. I think under fourteens were Premier League champions. Mm-hmm. Beat Chelsea in the final. Um, so the year that I was there, we sold. No, they, they should have, but it was decisions that were obviously above my pay grade. Mm. But they sold one boy Arsenal for six hundred grand. Another went to Bordeaux for three million. Um, two went to Liverpool. Three went to Man United. Um, so the, the talent was there at Sunderland. Uh, yeah. um, absolutely, it was definitely there. Um, but then I got the, as I said, I wanted to not be a. 
a coach a coaches I wanted to I wanted to be a, an actual coach ah, so I've yeah. got a, an, an offer to, to move to Vienna and right. and, uh, and I came back uh-huh. so uh, you're now assistant manager at, at Vienna that's right isn't it yeah who's the, who's yep. the guy for you you're working with um, well, the one I just um, <laughs> by mutual consent a few days ago, they, they just left. Well, so, that's funny because um, I, I was trying to search for, for who it was, and I was like, "Well, he's he's finished aye. on the fifth of December, so that can't be right." Aye, <laughs> aye. Um, so they're in, in the middle of the, having talks. So okay, um, he was a guy called Manfred Schmidt. So he's an ex-player here, aye, um, aye, aye. and then he was assistant coach uh, Cologne, um, and they took him up into the German. Bundesliga for the second and took him into the Europa League and stuff mm-hmm. um, and then he was assistant manager at Dortmund as well okay. so great yeah so he brought me in for the academy yeah he, he saw what I was doing at the academy and um, I'd liked what I'd been doing and, mm-hmm. and the way the teams were playing and stuff and how I was helping people and um, he brought me in last year and um, we yeah. had a, a really good finish to the season we finished third um, qualified for Europe, so, so you've experienced European football now as well. Aye, that was that was really good. Um, we uh, the draw because the experience was fantastic. We got Fenerbahce in the draw, so <laughs> we um and from there's so many Turkish people in Vienna, it's incredible. So okay, we yeah. played at home; it was just it was like playing there. <laughs> um, and we, we lost a goal early, and then. Um, Last five minutes, we gave a penalty away and got a best player sent off as a defender who was missing for the return leg, uh-huh. and then he beat us. They beat us four one the return leg, but the stadium and that when you get there, uh-huh. the atmosphere's incre- yeah, incredible. Welcome, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, they love their football there and, and they're really passionate about it. And, um, so then, but we were we'd automatically qualified because of that from for the conference league. Mm-hmm. So. We got a decent draw in the conference league. We got um, Villarreal, so uh, we go against Unai Emery before we mm-hmm. went to Villa, Aye. and then we were uh, like Posen, oh, uh, like mm-hmm. Posner, and then Hapoel Beersheba, which is an Israeli That's team. Right. So quite a, a, a diverse um, challenge in terms of types of football and players and stuff, and and the rhythm. Uh, the weeks was just crazy. We had fourteen week, fourteen weeks in a row. I think where we played Thursday, Thursday, uh, sorry, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, okay. um, so it was just it was intense, but it was um, it was really good. Great at the same time, uh, yeah, I was I was nearly clapping on the bench with some of the things that Danny Pareko was doing. You know, it's <laughs> like the bottom is like four one or five one or something. And I'm All just right. like yeah, and that was like pretty much the second team. Okay. Um, <laughs> they did. Paul Torres was playing and um, oh, right. mm-hmm. uh, Raul Albiol and yeah, let's say Pareco and stuff and Class. Pepe Reina and goals. So yeah, they're just a, a cut above where we are. Right. So obviously, is, it, is this a worrying time for you then if there's a new manager going to be coming in or are you, you uh, going to go for the job or any exclusives here? No, not any exclusives. No, no. I'll, um, I'm, I'll need to get my pro license first. It's something that I applied aye. for a couple of years ago, but um, I didn't get it because I was working at under eighteen level at the time, aye, okay. which I which I understand. So and um, yeah, leading for the front is not something that bothers me. I can do it. I've done mm. it. I can do it in the future, but I don't mind being a, an assistant um, as well. Um, a lot of the times, 
you can get to focus on the the things that you like to focus on the football problems and the, uh, the yeah, training yeah. and the and the helping people. Whereas a lot of the times, if you're a number one man, you're in front of cameras and you're dealing with stuff that's mm-hmm. probably not what you would want to do. So, I mean, I, I'm open to anything, and as I said. I've learned over the years that you control the controllables. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and worry about what can happen and what can't happen. It's yeah, I'll just just let it go. So um, yeah, if a, if a manager managerial opportunity comes along in the, the future, yeah, it's not an automatic no. It's something you might be up for. Not not definitely. Um, people, you know, as you say, like with anything really, it has to be the right conditions, right time, and you know yourself. See when you. You see it where it gives you that wee flicker, or that yeah, wee yeah. buzz, a wee bit of butterflies. Where you think, is this something I can get my teeth into, or is it? Um, because a lot of things they they look good on the surface of it, but when you dig down, yeah. it's it's um, it's not as um, appealing as it uh, first appeal, uh, first looks. <laughs> Aye, that's it. That's it. Well, uh, Mark, thank you very much for for taking us through your career. I always like to uh, get my um, guest just. Talk me through quickly there. The best 11 that they've played with. It can be any formation of your choice. I've had teams with one defender before to shoehorn people in. But, uh, <laughs> talk talk um, me through who's made you 11. Oof. Right. Um, I would say... Right, I'm going to be a bit weird with this because it depends who you're playing against, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying kind of just have an 11 because, you know, horses <laughs> for courses and all that kind of uh-huh, stuff, right? Uh-huh. So... Um, goalkeeper is going to be it's going to be Big Nicky Walker or Tony Bullock Tony Bullock was fantastic yeah, um, we used Tony Tony lived with me um, it was Tony myself and Mark and I used to live together and Tony was brilliant I love the fact that Tony remember the goal that David Ginella scored for Tottenham against Barnsley in the cup when oh, he right. came in for the wing and mm-hmm. Tony was in goals for that I never let him live it done um <laughs> But Tony was Tony would probably be in goal. So I mean, Neil Alexander uh-huh. had a better career and stuff. But Tony was a was a really good, um, uh, really good goalkeeper. Jimmy Boyle at right back. So I'm going with a back four. Jimmy Boyle was, um, say, played with a really positive person. Um, always encouraged me as a as a right winger, a right midfielder to go and attack people, and uh-huh. he would overlap. And but like in terms of those standards, would never let you. Would never let you coast, or would never um, would not accept uh, anything less than your best, um, and that, that really rubbed off on me. Uh, I'd say Alan McManus um, was centre half. It was at Hearts. Alan was again came in. We had a really good relationship. But he was good pro, good in the air, got stuck in, liked to play, um, and he's um, he's now at St Mirren. Um, I'm sure the kids that are down there are going to be learning for him. I'd say Maxwell. Max as well. Maxwell was a good centre-half when yeah. I think he left for two centre-halves. Max, he could play a great diagonal, come out with a ball. He was good in the air. Um, Paul Dees. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember him? He uh, for Livingston. I remember him yeah, for a uh, championship back. manager. Hi. Um, <laughs> he, he was fantastic. Um, super professional guy and just, okay. just one of those ones that... Um, Every week, never injured, played magic. Right, right. Um, midfield. So this is what I was saying: horses for courses. Mm-hmm. See if it's a. If I'm going into war and I need to play <laughs> with two dogs in midfield, uh-huh. I'm going with Stephen Ferguson, Kenny Gilbert, midfield uh-huh. too. Um, 
as I said to you, loved playing in midfield with those two because they were just constantly talking, mm-hmm. constantly getting on your back if you were there on point, um, mm-hmm. and they could both play. Um, Hugh Robertson in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Shuggy was just, I'll just left foot, right foot, Aye. unbelievable, great, great talent, super humble guy, um, but really, really underrated footballer. Mm. Um, if I'm playing, um, if I was playing a team that would allow us the ball, then I would probably take out Kenny Gilbert and I would bring in a guy called Cedric Anselin, okay. um, who came on loan to Ross County um, from Norwich. Okay. And, was just shouldn't have been anywhere near Ross County. He, he, uh, he played with Zidane. Okay. He played with he played with Bordeaux. Made okay. his debut mm-hmm. for Bordeaux when they got to the final of the UEFA Cup uh, and played with Zidane and ended up going from Bordeaux to Norwich for for big money. Uh, and I think like a week or two weeks after, apparently Madrid wanted him. Real Madrid wanted him. Um, Played like the France under twenty one team, but broke his leg in a reserve game with Norwich, uh, and ended up coming up to us um, to play. I don't know why, but he was yeah, just shouldn't have been anywhere near Scottish football. You know, one of those ones. Um, up front, got to go with Jerry Britton. Jerry could do amazing things with the ball. Um, obviously, we Robbo, um, John Robertson, and then it'd be. Alec Burke and maybe David Bingham Aye. for the other spot. Okay. Honourable mentions going to guys that have had better careers. Neil Alexander, Don Cowie, Martin Cannon. Mm-hmm. All those guys had great careers, but um, that would probably be my 11. Okay, good 11. Um, and who would you choose as, as manager? Ooh, I think I... I maybe... Choose McAllister, Daz McAllister, just so I could have a go at him and make his life hell. Um, <laughs> maybe that, no, but I would, I would, um, I'd probably go with, with um, I think I'd need to go with David Hay. Okay. Um, he was my manager for a while at Livingston, and yeah, he's played in Champions League finals and played in World Cups for Scotland. So, um, anyway, he just, you know, that presence when people walk yeah. in your room. Aye, just got something about them. Also, also gave me the best we were on a, a retreat at Dalmahoy okay, yeah. <laughs> and I was standing at the urinal um, as you do and he came in and just gave me a mark what do you think <laughs> I think it's time to look for somewhere else I was like alright Dave any baller <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, that was it. the start of the conversation rolling with my agent to think <laughs> maybe we should should we, should we go or should we not <laughs> so um, yeah but he was, to uh, say, Celtic legend as well. So, yeah, he gets my vote. Okay, who would your skipper be? Fergie. Aye. Fergie's, um, I'm really happy he's still involved with the club and he's doing well. Mm. And, but he was, a, he was everything that you want in a captain. Absolutely everything. Can play, led by example. Um, was brilliant with the fans. Um, just, you know, would go and represent the players if they're presenting between the players and the management no, it was just ah, yeah, yeah. absolutely everything you would ever want for a captain Stevie Ferguson was that well, would you get many games if you were in this squad me aye no chance nah <laughs> um, maybe mm, maybe nah nah <laughs> um, 
There'd need be a few injuries. Aye, Maybe injury no, in, co- in COVID, in COVID times, not going to a shout. But. <laughs> if you dropped them into Scottish football today, what kind of level do you think they'd get to? That team, if they were all in their prime. That team? Mm-hmm. That team would that team would play Premier League. Aye, yeah. I mean, out of those Premier League experience, the back mm-hmm. the back five, including the goalkeeper, all played Premier League. Yeah. Um, Kenny, Shuggy played Premier League. I think the only one that didn't play is maybe Fer did Fergie play Premier League with the Fairman? Sure, possibly. Aye. One or maybe. I don't know. So yeah, there's about Aye. ten from my dodgy record there's about ten there that's Premier League experience. Okay. Right, I was to finish off uh, the interview with some quick fire questions. So it's just the first thing pops yep. in your head, there's five or six. Okay. So the first one is one yep. thing you would change about football to improve it. Um, referees having to tell the goalkeeper to get back on the line before penalties all the time everybody knows the rules you're wasting everybody's time and if the goalies come off the line just book them okay <laughs> sensing a bit of hatred for goalies here yeah, yeah. <laughs> who would you like to play you if they made a movie of your life oh it's going to be Jimmy Somerville <laughs> spit an image okay uh, the toughest direct opponent you ever came up against two guys you guy, who's Jack? Yeah. Quality. If you could have played for one other club, who would it have been? Glasgow Celtic. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you could bottle just one moment of your career or relive, what would it be? It can't be Colin Tatty a wank, can it? <laughs> nah, it would be 100%, it would be uh, first goal. Aye, okay. Very last question. Uh, what other pro player, past or present, would you say is closest to your style, attributes, and personality on the pitch? Oh, for fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. Um, on the pitch, uh, boom, that's a hard one. Uh, That's a really difficult question. Um, <laughs> Skulls. Skullsy. Yep. Go big. I've had, I'll get ripped for, I'll get absolutely sorry, no, ripped for I've that. Had, I've had Zidane uh, right, and everything right, right, so. named here, so you're all right. <laughs> uh, great. Well, uh, Mark, again, thank you very much. Uh, okay, we only organised this a, a few years ago, so I really appreciate uh, slotting me in. And uh, I want to wish you all the best for the rest of the season going forward as well. Thank you for coming on tonight. No problem at all. It's perfect time, by the way, because my headphones just died. <laughs> there we go. Great. Excellent. No, thanks. Thanks a lot again. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, and I wish you all the best for the podcast. Well, a really huge thanks to Mark for coming on the show this week. It really was uh, a very last-minute call, and he really pulled it out of the bag for me, so it's much appreciated, as always. Shout-out to Darren McAllister once again as well for cracking open that much-used black book and uh, bailing me out with a last-minute guest suggestion. Thanks as well to all the thousands who tune in to the Beyond Canal Park podcast. It, it really keeps me going, and I hope you continue to enjoy the interviews as much as I do putting them out should be recording at least one more episode before Christmas but it could well be Boxing Day before that one's released depending on time constraints and logistics 
So I hope everyone is having a great festive season so far, just in case. Anyway, that's your lot for this week. Bye for now.